0: and responsible gaming resources. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand the
1: ghost of a
0: chance?
1: Welcome to the first ever playoff edition of the From the Bleachers podcast, I am your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from this glorious Victory Monday on the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now just think where you were a month ago. The Eagles played the Miami Dolphins on December 1st. I recorded the podcast about that Dolphins game on December 2nd. Today is, recording this on Monday, you'll probably listening to this on Tuesday. Today is January, or December 30th in those 28 days, in those four weeks, the story of this Eagles season has flipped so dramatically. Call it an M. Night Shyamalan movie, if we're keeping it with the Philly theme. What a twist. What a twist to go from five and seven, losing on the road, and complete embarrassment. I said on this podcast, I had never been in my life on a single day, for one single day, More embarrassed to be a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles to devote my entire life, part of my livelihood, my second job, whatever you want to call it. Tons of money for tickets, merchandise, food and beer and everything to watch games, tailgating. Everything in my life, in a way, revolved around the Eagles. And for that moment in time, I had never been more embarrassed for a single moment. There have been more seasons. There was 2015, there was 2012. You know, the dream team, all of those things. But for that single day, I just thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I so invested in this? What am I doing with this team? What are they doing to me? 28 days later, a movie I have never seen, but I assume it's about being a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Because 28 days later, I'm running up for a playoff run. First ever playoff edition of this podcast. The first time I'm ever doing a, play, a podcast about a playoff team. The Philadelphia Eagles. Four straight wins. Carson Wentz, dare I say, having a more impressive run than anything he did throughout his MVP caliber 2017 season. Look at the supporting cast. Look at the supporting cast. His wide receiver one is Greg Ward, an undrafted quarterback from Houston. His running back one is a 5'6", 6th round running back. Boston Scott, looks like the second coming of Darren Sproles out there, outplayed, outplayed the... Last year's number overall number two overall pick in the NFL draft outplayed Saquon Barkley. He outplayed Saquon Barkley for the second time this season. Both Eagles-Giants games, Boston Scott outperformed Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I love these guys. Look at look at that podcast. So I go back and listen to the From the Bleachers after the Miami game and listen to my tone. This is what I'm saying. Someone on Twitter, uh Mike Meech, friend of the podcast good friend, tweeted, you know, a month ago, I hated every player on this Eagles team, and now Right now, I love them more than my family. And I jokingly said, that's the Aguilar effect. And now I'm not trying to just crush Nelson. Obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of his, Has have ripped him on the pod in my writing repeatedly. But just when you have this new energy, you have these new, new guys out there, Greg Ward, Big Bob Davis, Deontay Burnett coming out of nowhere with a huge 41-yard catch. They just give a crap. It just feels different. The energy is unmistakably different. When you have this group of receivers out there compared to Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Collins, Jordan Matthews, and Nelson Aguilar. It's an indisputable fact. Carson Wentz looks like he's having more fun out there. He's playing more loose. Uh, I write a newsletter every day, every weekday. It's on, you can find it's called The From Broad Street with Love. Uh, obviously, very fitting. You can subscribe on patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. But one thing I read about today just $2 per month, newsletter every day, every uh, weekday, delivered right to your email newsbox. It just seems that when things are going so wrong and the supporting cast, with all these injuries, whether it's on the offensive line or the skill players, it's forced Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz to maximize their abilities. There is no... Just saying Doug has to be as creative as he's ever been as a play caller. He has to scheme the crap out of defenses to get people like Deontay Burnett open, to get Big Bob Davis open, to get Boston Scott open up in, in the flat, to get Joshua Perkins open for a 24-yard 24 24 yard touchdown catch. That's scheming, baby. That's scheming. Those guys aren't creating separation on their own. There's no Zach Ertz safety valve out there. There's no Deshaun Jackson taking the top off of defense and making everything else easy. There are no Alshon Jeffrey red zone plays. There are little, no little Nelson Aguilar bubble screens. There are no Darren Sproles bubble screens. And right now, looking into the Seattle game in just a couple of days, there might not be any Miles Sanders action. There might There's probably not going to be any Zach Ertz action either this week or maybe for the rest of the playoffs. I'm no doctor, but a lacerated kidney, that sounds like something you'd die from. Obviously, he's not dead. He was in the hospital for a bit. But if you told me, like, hey, Shane, just got a phone call, uh, Your best friend, Big Mike, uh, he's in a hospital. He has a lacerated kidney. I would just assume he died. Like, that's the most insane. A lacerated kidney. And he played the rest of the game. I don't know if that's malpractice by the medical staff. It wasn't diagnosed correctly or I should just be, like, kneeling down in front of Zach and saying, Dude, you're one bad you-know-what dude. You're a bad dude for playing like that. Impressive. Again, a guy I've called soft numerous times in his Eagles career. And while I stand by those comments, particularly after that 2016 Bengals game— The dude has unbelievably rewritten his story in Philadelphia uh, from a guy who seemed that he should be producing more than he was to now a guy who's a Super Bowl hero and a guy who played through a lacerated kidney, but enough about that real quick. Yeah, like having... The crappy players they're with now. Now they're crappy in the sense that they're this scrappy underdog bunch. Obviously, Greg Ward has been playing well. Boston Scott's been playing out of his mind. And you have a guy like Dallas Goddard stepping up and fulfilling his promise as a second-round pick just two years back. But Carson Wentz now has to play through him. There's no... Okay, this play, it's going to Alshon. I'm looking at Alshon and seeing what he's doing. This play, oh, we need to get Zach his 10 catches today. Here's the pass to Zach underneath. Here's a pass to Zach underneath. Here I'm faking left to Aguilar. Another pass to Zach underneath. There is none of that. There are no mouths to feed. These are beggars out there. Big Bob Davis isn't going on the sideline saying, Hey, Carson, where are my catches? Where are my touches today? Boston Scott's on the sideline yelling at Duce Staley about his touches. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I don't even think got talks. I mean... Yeah, they, what do they basically took Burnett took his snaps Ortega Whiteside she's what a pick yeah just stay on the sideline pal just run just run in the straight line if you're on the field or stay on the sideline Deontay Burnett 41 yard touchdown uh touchdown just a 41 yard reception unbelievable yeah Deontay Burnett not complaining about his touches and now I'm not saying this in a way where I'm criticizing Aguilar and Jeffrey and that they're You know, ball hogs or selfish, but they're guys who are veterans. They're guys who have made a lot of money in their careers, who are playing for big and big contracts, guys who've won Super Bowls and guys who've made key, key plays in Super Bowl winning games. They're understandably going to want theirs. If I was them, I'd feel the same way. But now who doesn't feel that way? Greg Ward. Greg Bard's gone out there and battling. People don't even think he's a wide receiver. He probably deep down doesn't even consider himself a wide receiver. He'll always be a quarterback to himself. And this guy's going out there grabbing six balls yesterday. First down to first down. Now he's a wide receiver, not a tight end. But he seems like the new Zach Ertz archetype. And hey, it's third and four, third and five, third and six. We're looking for Greg Ward here. We're looking for Dallas Goddard across the middle. Or we're looking for Greg Ward. Greg, wide receiver, one Ward. What a world. Now, I do have two – I have at least one outstanding debt or bet, however you want to say it. Uh, Last podcast talking about the infamous burn the ships uh, mantra where Zachary gave a pregame speech before the Dallas game, uh, I guess a week and a half or so back, and said – told the story about a 16th century Spanish conquistador who told his men, instructed them to burn their ships upon their arrival in the Gulf of Mexico saying you either have one mission here you either succeed or die there is no turning home there is no going back there is no there's nothing in the back of your head saying that oh man if if we're not doing well if we're losing we could just head home there is no going home there is no going home this is the playoff there's no going home i loved it by zach it was a do or die game eagles won they did not they did not die they succeeded and now they're nfc east champions so at the end of that podcast last week i had said if the eagles win the super bowl i am for sure Getting a burn the ships tattoo on my arm, on my leg, on my forehead. I don't know yet, but there will be one within a week of that game. Probably after the parade. Or maybe I'll get in between and I'll show it off at the parade. Who knows? Maybe kiss my girlfriend in the middle of the street, darn it. So I got that tattoo from the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. And the other bet I have outstanding that I've made known on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter I don't, and you're listening to this, I don't know what you're doing. Follow me at Seamus underscore Clancy. Tons of crazy Eagles talk. If you're a Sixers fan too, you're surely a to find other stuff you like there. But just during the game, I'm outpouring on my emotions. Just follow me on there. You'll love it. One thing I've been beating not the drum on is – and I I wouldn't have done this yesterday because it's such a special play that they either had to run it for Dallas or save it for the playoffs. There's no need to play it or run it against the Giants in the Meadowlands. You know, I'm a guy who loves trick plays. Loves trick plays. It just, you know, I'm that age. I'm 25 going on 26. I grew up playing Madden. I grew up playing backyard football. Grew up playing football on the street with my boys. In South Philly, up the back street, and it's just fun. And Doug Peterson's been aggressive. You're seeing a guy who, in the playoffs two years ago, ran that infamous flea flicker. Obviously, ran the Philly special, ran some you know quick misdirection end around to Nelson Aguilar. He's done that a bunch. And even last week against Dallas. He tipped his hat a little bit, Doug, and had Greg Ward running as a wildcat. Now, as I've said on this podcast and podcast before, Greg Ward was once the starting quarterback for the University of Houston. Once led a thirteen and one campaign with a bowl victory, was once on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated, Greg Ward was on the cover as a quarterback. Now he's a receiver, so that guy can sling the rock. He can throw, Booby Miles style, not not our Miles Sanders, but the Booby style. <laughs> the movie stops. uh so greg ward can throw the ball so there's literally no reason whether they're they need a spark against seattle whether it's they win and they're doing it in green bay in san fran in new orleans i don't care i need to see a play where boston scott comes in motion when snaps it in shotgun hands it to boston scott greg ward comes running back the other way boston scott pitches it to greg ward and all hell breaks loose People are charging it, and then Greg Ward sails a touchdown, and I don't know, Carson Wentz's hands, Deontay Burnett's hands, Dallas Goddard's hands. But that play is coming. Greg Ward, I will guarantee, if the Eagles play at least two playoff games, so they win against Seattle, and then they play another game, we will see at least one Greg Ward pass. And if Greg Ward, in one of these next two games, on any game in the postseason, if they make however far the Eagles make it, if Greg Ward throws a touchdown pass, and the Eagles win that game, I will go to the Eagles pro shop down in South Philly at the sports complex the very next day and get a customized Greg Ward jersey and post it on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And I will wear it to the Eagles next game. It won't be in Philly likely, but I'll wear it when I'm watching the next game. Greg Ward, my guy. I need, I need that jersey. That'd be sick, dude. It's, uh, you know, typical if you're buying a jersey, you want a player that's, you know, going to be around forever. Uh, A listener and and reader of my newsletter, I was talking earlier in the year. I was like, I don't have a current Eagles player's jersey. I have a Dawkins, I have a Reggie White. I actually won the Reggie White in some Mitchell Ness giveaway. It's like the NFL 100th anniversary silver. Reggie White jerseyed dope. Uh Mitchell Ness' Super Bowl sale back in 2017, the week leading up to the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. They do a big sale every year, Mitchell Ness does at the flagship store at 12th and Chestnut. Do a big sale. I got a Jerome Brown jersey for like 70 bucks. Super cheap. Unbelievable. I wore it his super I wore it. watching the Super Bowl, they won. So I got Dawkins. I got Jerome Brown. I got Reggie. And back in 2013, during uh 27 and 2 nick falls mania i bought a nick falls jersey and you know by 2014 i thought that it was obsolete but i was able to wear it again uh you know last season postseason run i wore it and at the end, the end of last season and then so that's it and then a reader bought me just out of the kindness of his heart a guy i think his name on twitter is benji 215 is like dude i love your newsletter your podcast or your tweets whatever it's weird that you don't have a current eagles player jersey and he said how about I'll get you one. I was like, Are you serious? And he was, he like literally bought and sent me, got my shipping address, bought from like Fanatics or the NFL's website, an Alshon Jeffrey jersey. I'm like, Alshon's a black jersey. It's dope. I wore it to a blackout game earlier in the year. I may have, may or may not have blacked out of the game myself. So I had that Alshon jersey and I'm like, Great. Alshon's, they guaranteed his contract for 2020. He'll be able, I'll be able to wear this at least two years. He's a Super Bowl hero. Even if he doesn't play on the team in the future, it'll have great, you know. Rewear, replay value, however you want to say it. And you now Alshon's hurt and he's out for the year, and he the money's guaranteed for next year, but he still might get cut or traded. So by this time next year, or by the beginning of the 2020 season, I still might not have a current Eagles players jersey. But maybe if Greg Ward, if Greg Ward throws a touchdown pass and wins the game and is a playoff hero, he will be back next year. I'm sure. I'm certain he will be on the Eagles roster next year. And if that happens. Opening day, week one, week two, whenever the Eagles open up their home game, the stadium, their first home opener. I will be there wearing a Greg Ward jersey. It's playoff time. I could not be more excited. It has been nearly two years since I attended a Philadelphia Eagles playoff game. Last one, obviously, the last playoff game that Eagles played in Philadelphia was the iconic 38-7 beatdown of the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship game back on January 21st. I have the date burned into my brain, January 21st, 2018, sitting up there in section redacted. I never say what section I'm in, though. If you ever just DM me and you wanted to meet up for a beer or something, I would obviously tell you. They beat the crap out of them. And that was just going into that game. uh, You know, obviously Wentz got injured. And you're thinking, and they go on this magical run, they beat Atlanta, just barely scrapped by. And going in that tailgate, obviously, I get really into tailgate. A bunch of BGN readers and listeners have come to tailgates this year. I met them at our BGN watch party at Pistolas del Sur uh, a couple weeks back, too. It was just one of those things where I'm thinking, this could be it. That tailgate, I'm standing there, it's like, this is the NFC championship game. The Eagles haven't played in one in 13 years. It could be another 13—they haven't won one in 13 years. I haven't played in one in, what, nine years? It could be another nine years. It could be another 20 years before they get back. So who knows what's going to happen? And I just kept calling it like the end of the world tailgate. Just let's all have fun. Let's go nuts. Let's party. And the Eagles are only the fourth seed. So unless Minnesota reaches the NFC Championship game. I don't want to get too far in my head myself. I'm going to spend like 30 seconds on this. So if the Eagles win— on Sunday and the Minnesota beats New Orleans again I don't want to get too ahead of myself people on Twitter complain when I'm talking about future playoff scenarios but since I mentioned 38 to 7 I have to do this real quick if Minnesota beats New Orleans Eagles plus, Eagles beat Seattle Eagles would go to the Green Bay Minnesota would go to San Fran if the Eagles beat Green Bay and Green Bay and Minnesota beat San Fran and San Fran Minnesota would come here for the NFC championship game for the second time in three years I'm just throwing it out there there is a possibility that we get another thirty to seven Eagles Vikings NFC Championship game. What I felt with that, but again, talking about you know the emotion of and the intensity of being like I'm attending a playoff game. That's nuts. I've been to first playoff game I ever attended was 2013. Uh, that was Chip's first year. The Nick Foles first playoff game. They lost to the Saints on a heartbreaker. Uh, then didn't attend a game until. You know, Falcons, Eagles back in 2017, January 2018, uh close knit game came down to last second. Jalen Mills, Julio Jones, that whole nine yards. And then obviously the 38 7 beatdown. But we're back already. I thought maybe it couldn't have been 10 years before I saw a playoff game at home again. But we're back for Carson Wentz's first. Like, sometimes I'm like, if you're down to the game, probably get a little too drunk, a little too crazy. And sometimes. I just like watching the game at home. Like I definitely it's definitely a better viewing experience to watch a road game just from the comfort of your couch than go into a game and being a screaming crazy nut. You don't get replays, your self-service sucks, all those things. But I'm gonna be able to watch Carson Wentz, the golden boy, as Dennis Reynolds might say, the golden god himself, his first ever playoff game. That's Carson Wentz. If nothing else comes from this season, Carson Wentz is going to have playoff experience. And I take that as a win. This season, this season, that was once a season from hell, is now a victory to a degree, in my mind, because Carson Wentz is going to end up with playoff experience. I'm not going to have to hear people all offseason, Giants fans, Cowboys fans, losers from around NFL Twitter, saying, Carson Wentz has never played a playoff game before. They should have kept Nick Foles, who got benched like three times this year. And talk about injury prone. (laughs) And Jacksonville, we're going to be able to see that. And again, if, if you're going to be around the game, hit me up on Twitter. Send me an email, Clancy at gmail.com. Uh, I've had a ton of BGN readers and listeners come through and tailgate this year. If you want to come out and hang out, please, please do. We'll have a blast. Uh, I had a Cowboys pinata there last week for the Eagles-Cowboys game. I won't have a Seahawks pinata, but, you know, might have some full steaks catered out there. My favorite cheesesteak spot on 23rd and Pashunk in South Philly. Uh, tons of booze flowing, going to bring some lemon cream cello, uh, South Philly staple, maybe get some blackberry brandy, a uh, classic South Philly New Year's Day drink that is only allowed to be drank in cold weather, in my opinion. So it's a me, a blast. And it just feels so good to be back, to be walking into that, my, like, my favorite thing in the world, it's one of those things that kind of, I don't want to say breaks me from reality, but makes me step back Ignore some of the things that are going on in my life, the pressing issues of work or money or all these trials and tribulations that are part of the human experience. On that walk from my tailgate, from the tailgate lot in Jetro to the stadium and that walk up the ramp to the top section of the link, there is, there is no better moment in my life than that. It's just I feel free of the world, free of the world's responsibilities, free of stressors. Because all I'm doing is I'm waiting in line for security and I have like six beers in my hand. Not six. I have like two or three beers in my hand. I'm trying to drink them real quick before I have to go to the line. I'm passing my friends, my dad, my dad's friends, whatever. Then we're doing EAGLES Chance and you're just walking up that ramp. Nothing else matters. It just – it reminds me of Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is my favorite film of all time. And Ben Affleck's character, Chucky, is, is talking to Will, Matt Damon's character. And he's saying like the best part of my day is – you know walking up to your house and knocking on the door and hoping that you won't be there one day like one day you realize you're better than this you have better things to do in life you're more important than this and that he won't be there Uh, to that i say the best part of my day or my year or my life is that walk from the tailgate lot to my seats at the link because it just feels the game hasn't started yet the eagles aren't on the precipit of some huge collapse. Russell Wilson isn't scrambling around like a nut yet. For that, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes, however long it takes, anything is possible. A 30-7 to 7 victory is possible. A huge one is possible. An iconic moment is possible. A Patrick Robinson interception. Jalen Mills pass breakup. A Carson, you know, Wentz throwing across his body to Deontay Burnett for an 85-yard touchdown is in the cards. A Greg Wert reverse touchdown pass to Carson Wentz for 47 yards is in the mix. It's it's possible. Anything is possible before a playoff game when you're walking up to your seats. And I'm sure even if people don't attend games, if you're not a season ticket holder like myself, if you're someone who just, you know, tickets are obviously costly. If you're not someone who's able to do that, if you're someone who just enjoys watching at home, if you're someone who's not from the Philadelphia area, I'm sure you can still recreate that emotion where you're in your kitchen, you're cooking up your favorite dish, maybe some dip, uh, got some stromboli wings on the way. Maybe you're making yourself a cocktail, maybe cracking up a cold beer. Maybe you don't drink and you're just, you know, get a nice, you know, non-alcoholic lacroix seltzer, which I love. And you're just thinking, man, like this is the effing day. This is what, this is what we watched all the terrible losses for. This is what we pulled our hair out our entire lives for to be able to watch them play a playoff game. And And win the whole damn thing. Like in Major League, you know, there's nothing left to do but win the whole damn thing. There's nothing. One thing left to do before that is Greg Ward has to throw a touchdown pass. And the Eagles need to win. But other than that, the only little thing left to do is win the whole damn thing. I'm Seamus Clancy. From the Bleachers, first playoff edition. It will not be the last playoff edition. Because the Eagles will win on Sunday. And yes, I've spent my entire football existence over the last half- dozen years talking about how Russell Wilson is unstoppable. He is the Eagles kryptonite. He will do anything. He will assert his will, his dominance at every turn against the Philadelphia Eagles, even at home, even in Philadelphia. But he has 87 year old Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. He is without his top left tackle. He is out with his guard. I think Tyler Lockett got hurt last night. The Eagles that he played back on November 24th are different than the Eagles. He's going to play on what? January 5th, six, seven weeks later, This is a different team. Different team. Different, even though we're talking about everything to the offense, the defense is different. The Eagles defense at home, masterful. Jim Schwartz at home, masterful. So Russ, it's going to be loud. Get your silent countdown. It's going to be loud. I'm going to lose my voice. Next week's podcast, win or lose, I'm not going to have a voice. But there's only one thing left to do, ladies and gentlemen. Seamus Clancy from the Bleachers, Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Win the whole damn thing
0: dirt